0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours, from God our Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The word of God which calls for our attention this morning comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them. So far our text. God gives you a choice, life or death, blessing or curse, multiplication or division. He gives you a choice, but he also gives you the advice and encouragement to make the right choice. Choose life that you and your offspring may live. Life and blessing and multiplication are all linked together. So also death and curse and division are all linked together. When you choose one, you gain the other two. You oppose the opposing trio. Life is not just length of days, but the substance of those days. Days filled with light and glory because they are used to follow the God of light and glory. Without this substance, our life, what we think life is, is really nothing but a walking death. God sets before your choice. He encourages you and commands you to see the effect on your earthly life and your eternal reward. How does God define death? Your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. Death begins when your heart turns away from God. In the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God gave Adam and Eve two commandments, one giving life, one giving death. A simple question from a serpent changed and turned their hearts from life to death. They ate the forbidden fruit. Now we're in a world of death. The sinner's heart begins to turn away when God's faithful influence is taken away. Want a case study proving this point? Read the book of Judges. The entire book is a continual roller coaster of following God while the judge was alive and then turning away from God after they die. King Solomon was also the same way. He collected wives like women collect shoes or kids used to collect baseball cards 700 wives and 300 concubines. With each new foreign wife, he would build a new worship space for her native God. His heart turned away from the Lord. He was not a man after God's own heart like his father. He turned away from God and led him him down the path of death. On the path of death, you refuse to hear God's word, especially when this word tries to get you to turn around, tries to get you to make the choice for life. But our sinful natures stop our ears. We'd rather listen to our own thoughts than God's revealed word. After all, it's just a book written so long ago. How many ancient books really impact our life? The Bible might as well be Plato's Republic or Homer's Iliad or Virgil's Aeneid. When you're on the path of death, anything old and outdated is most certainly false. It might have been true once, but it is no longer true no longer listening because it's considered false. Those walking in death bounce around from one place to another, trying to find some kernel of truth. But they can never find the whole truth. They refuse to listen. This is the force of you will not hear. You will refuse to hear. You will wander in the wilderness of this world, violently grasping for any straw that might give you some direction in life. But the straws don't know which way to point. They only point the way they get pointed. So the path of death follows its own desires and wishes instead of the solid teaching of God's word. Through this wandering, you are drawn away to worship and serve other gods. The most important idol is yourself. You set yourself up as the god in control of your life until, of course, something comes into your life that you can't control. Then you go searching for another god, another answer to your problem, any answer except the true God's answer. This is the final step in the spiral downward into death. Separating yourself from the true God, you become a curse to yourself without anything or anyone to be able to remove the curse. What finally happens when you live and die in death? You will perish. Not just lay in a shallow grave, perish eternally in the eternal death that is hell. Divided eternally from God's blessing and presence. This word perish means to destroy fully. Without recourse, without hope of release. The way of death only leads to hell. Only leads away from God. It begins with the simple turning away. Deepens through refusal to listen to God's word. Devolves into self-idolatry and eternal punishment. The way of death is terribly dreadful. But how does God define life? You obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today. By loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, and by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules. Then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Real life revolves around God's blessings. God's blessings come to you through His love a gift he also gives to you. He gives you this gift through your baptism into his son's death and resurrection, the one death that brings life and love into your heart. Therefore, he can command you, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as signs on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. God's love breeds blessings through his word. The way of life keeps God's word forefront in your life. His word gives you his love. You are able to give it to others and to give it back to him. You love God by listening to and studying his word. You love God by sharing his word with your neighbor. You love God by helping those who are less fortunate and in need of your help. That help could be monetary. It could be a ride to church or Sunday school. It could be helping with projects around their house. This love is unconditional. It works best when you expect nothing in return. After all, Jesus said when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay This is what Jesus did. And the way of life Paul walks in his ways. He went out to the weak, the poor, the downtrodden. Jesus associated with the tax collectors and the prostitutes because they were the ones, sinners though they were, who were on the way of life. They were walking in his ways, not the Pharisees and the scribes, the overtly religious types. Jesus doesn't seek those who seek themselves. He seeks those who seek Him. You seek Him by walking in His ways, by keeping His commandments, His statutes, and His rules. But aren't these three the same? Not quite. God's commandments, His mitzvah, are the authorized commandments that He has given to His people as the basis for all law. His statutes, His kukah, are the customs that he has established for the proper ordering of his people for worship. His rules, his mishpat, are the judgments he has set down in his civil law. All three types of law, the moral, the ceremonial, and the civil, are all revealed as binding in this statement. The way of life seeks to fulfill the entire law. However, those on the way of life know that they can't fulfill the entire law. They don't have life within themselves. Life comes from God. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. Jesus is the life. He shows you through the Sermon on the Mount, you can't have life without him. He kept the law, all the law, the commandments, the statutes, and the rules. He kept them for you. What happens when you live and die on the way of life? God will multiply his blessings to you throughout this earthly life, as well as everlasting life in heaven. Those on the way of life see their lives as God originally intended them. Be fruitful and multiply. Life in Christ multiplies. Satan divides, just as he tried to do with the Corinthians. But Christ would not let that happen. He sent Sosthenes and Chloe's people to St. Paul so that he would write his first epistle to Corinth. Life is God's greatest blessing. He multiplies it to you infinitely as he gives you eternal life through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. His life without beginning or end. His life of blessings forevermore. When Jesus gives you life, He gives you Himself. Everything we do here on earth affects His gift. Not that He won't give it to us if we're not good enough. He promises eternal blessings to all who receive His gift. But He promises punishment to those who would throw His gift away. Therefore, He commands you, choose life. Amen.